sometimes more than prayer and Bible study and evangelism and all these things. It's a little bit of laughter that's required for a little bit of faith on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. One of the archetypes of Judaism is the character of Abraham. If you know his story, he started off his encounter with God and with the development of his family with laughter. And that's what we're going to talk about in Romans chapter 4 on the character of Abraham and how laughter fits into all of this. In the studio with me is Sebastian, Jonathan, and Callie. My name is Justin Kim, and you're watching Inverse, and especially in our arc on the study of Romans. Mm -hmm. We are already in chapter 4, and we're going to have a word of prayer, and we'll dive into the text. So, Sebastian, can you please pray for us? Yes, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for all that you've taught us so far. And now, Lord, we pray that as we dive into this case study of Abraham's life and its representation of the gospel and how it's always been there, may you grant us understanding, may this inspire us, and may it teach us, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Jonathan, let's go to chapter 4 of Romans, verse 9 through 12. All right. <laughs> Romans 4, verse 9. Does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Okay, thanks, Jonathan. This is one of those, one of those weird texts right, in Scripture. Uh, the core of it is some really good stuff there, but the word that you kept on repeating one after another was this word, uncircumcised. 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 It's okay. Maybe it's a traumatic. Um, our, our first question should go to Callie, but I'm kind of <laughs> reluctant to ask her about this question on, on circumcision. So let me ask you rather than, uh, for, for others who may be watching for the first time, mm -hmm. uh, catch us up. What have we discovered in chapters 1 through 3? Uh, yeah. we've, we've talked about some broad, humongous issues so far. Yeah. So some things that stick out to me, Romans 1 is all about... Um, the gospel. I mean, mm -hmm. really the whole thing's about the gospel, so that feels like a cheating answer. Mm -hmm. um, but we went into <laughs> Romans 2 also how God is just in judging both people who grew up with all the laws and those those who didn't. Chapter 3 is why God's judgment is, is still righteous and all have sinned, but he gives grace to freely, every mm -hmm. to everyone freely. Mm -hmm. And in chapter 4, um, you know, the focus here with circumcision isn't about the technical part of circumcision itself, but mm -hmm. more about people who grew up Jewish or people who are Jewish and people who are not. Mm -hmm. And there is no inherent, like, you are more righteous because of this right. Mm -hmm. um, but righteousness, because even, I, I just love how he's talking. He's like, even Abraham wasn't declared righteous mm -hmm. while he was circumcised. It was even beforehand. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, he's going back and forth, comparing and contrasting, but more so showing there is no comparison because it's all the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I love the word that uses this as a case study. I've never really thought about chapter 4 as a case study, but totally is in, in the life of, of Abraham. 
Um, we see here that, uh, and, and for those of you who may be watching, then you're, you're, you're feeling uncomfortable with the word circumcision. You, you should be. It is an uncomfortable <laughs> situation. Uh, but uh, this us, is tell more tell than us. the act, what, Cal, what Callie is saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And what, what is a circumcision? What, what could be another great synonym for it? Not the actual act of, but mm -hmm. what is he trying to, what's, what's, what is the lesson he's trying to draw out from this? <laughs> Sebastian, well, you're I, <laughs> well, I can. I know that it's you know we we prefer to probably speak in euphemisms, you mm. know, to cover up sort of the barbaric nature of it in a mm -hmm. sense. Uh, but it, I think we could compare it to our concept of baptism today, okay, and dealing with this sort of outward expression of a faith you've already demonstrated and proved that you possess. Okay. Um, oh, I love that definition. And, uh, I, I maybe if you can even broaden it out, but just mm -hmm. any outward expression. Of, of belief. Correct. Right? Just, yeah. just Any commitment. Hey, I'm, I'm this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is how we know. So it's kind of like the fruits, how we identify the tree mm -hmm. and how you would never do this act without having this component of faith. Mm -hmm. But I think as we're going to develop today, it's very easy to just say, well, can I just get the external, the baptism mm -hmm. and forget that this is actually an expression Right. And it's not the very thing that brings the change mm -hmm. in Some my people life. put a flag in front of their house to show their patriotism. Some people pledge allegiance to the flag. Some people have a little pin on the middle of their, of their, their sweater. I mean, these are all <laughs> external things. True. What, what Paul's really getting at is how much does the external really reveal the internal and of mm -hmm. the two, which is more important. That's yeah. right. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll, I'll give a comment here as well. Uh, <coughs> the circumcision. In you just had that look in your eyes. Like sure, sure. Something. Uh, he, he made he made a good comment here, but mm -hmm. um, the the sign of circumcision also was a sign of identity. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, Abraham he experiences late late in his life, but it, after that, it was usually you know the newborn children received this, mm -hmm. and so it was a sign that they are part of this chosen people, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a sign of identity, uh, and it also, of course. Um, was a reminder of this experience that Abraham had with God, the faith experience, the trials mm -hmm. that he went through, you know, struggling with not having children, trying on his own to bring about God's promise, but mm -hmm. then God telling him, no, you got to just trust in me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so it, and <coughs> so it, this circumcision is a sign of identity, is a sign of commitment, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's, it was a reminder of, of, of the reality that without God, yeah, well, that only God can fulfill His promise, mm -hmm. yes. and that He will do it in a supernatural way. And this, of course, then now Paul says, this is, uh, it, well, the, this, the sign of circumcision was really a, a very strong part of the Jewish identity. Yes. But Paul is just making the point that at this point in time, circumcision had become something that it shouldn't be. It yeah. became, as you said, an outward thing, and you thought, oh, if I have this, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's critical because as we're following Paul's argument on justification by faith, right, mm -hmm. he comes in and, and he looks in, ver you look in verse 9 and he says, referring to the blessedness of those whose sins are not imputed or whose sins are covered, does this come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? Mm -hmm. For we say that faith that for we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. Mm -hmm. So clearly he's still continuing that topic from chapter three about how we're justified by faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. But now he's saying, well, looking at Abraham, where did that faith and righteousness, is this a new concept? Mm -hmm. And I think what Paul is trying to show through the Abrahamic case study is that this is not a new theology. Mm -hmm. yeah. This isn't a new idea that we just kind of, I created or that just kind of came about in, Jews of his day are like, where are you coming up with that? And he's like, no, the very person you look to mm -hmm. for your identity 
is exactly how he was righteous, right. and nothing has changed yeah, since but One illustration that I can think of, uh, Jonathan, that, that, that came to my mind is, you know, when people get, fall in love and they get married, uh, in many cultures around the world, uh, the wife and the husband uh, put on a ring to mm -hmm. connote their, their, their unity together. Yes. Now, the ring is just a symbol, right? right. The, right. the ring has no power in itself, mm -hmm. and then the love comes before, or should come before, right, mm -hmm. in an ideal situation. Yes. Right? So, the two people are in love, <laughs> and the ring seals that. Now, if someone else has a ring, does that, that does not necessarily mean that this person is married to that person either. Mm -hmm. Now, in the Jewish world uh, back then, this was, this was the thing. Hey, if you were circumcised, you were a, it was proof mm -hmm. that you were part of God's right. people. Mm. And, uh, this, and, and if you actually think about it, even if the, if the person were to take the ring off, the, the first wife, uh, the, the real wife. I was uh, the first wife. She she would have in her heart would have been really loved, uh, married, and, and and would have been married would have been love with the husband. The, yes. the ring is is not really that important right. for that relationship, right. but yes. an external manifestation. And I think that's just a really good kind of because sometimes when we think of circumstances, we get especially males, we get kind of so like can't get over that. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who may not know what circumcision is, it is the removal of, of some skin on the most sensitive part of the male reproductive uh, part, and this was a common act, uh, of which many theologians say that was instituted to show the inability of Abraham to mm -hmm. reproduce himself, mm -hmm. this, this, this promised child of Isaac. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, this was not some sadistic, weird, uh, correct? Uh, like we would compare practice, it with. Sort but it was of, a reminder. Yeah, hey, right. you know, you can't do this. It needs to be doing a miracle yeah. child. So just to lay that all on there, yes. and then now we can talk comfortably about the things that we need to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, think, a little bit of sweat think about your, you know, going back to your point about this external activity that we're kind of looking to mm. as proof. Mm. You know, it's it's human nature to want to find that type of proof, and I feel like this is why Paul after laying out the case, we're all sinners and we're only saved by faith in Christ, let me go immediately to this case study. Yes. Because he can almost hear a Jew arguing in his mind. Well, hold on a second. Uh, what about those people who aren't circumcised? Mm -hmm. What about circumcision? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's because that was the proof. Mm -hmm. But that will change generationally, culturally, yes. where we start looking at different types of proof. And to me, his argument of justification by faith is that you cannot use any sort of cultural or mm -hmm. other even religious activity as proof of this Evidence particular of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have to be careful that we don't confuse the fruits with the roots. Yes. You know, so yes. Well, let me go read, read verse 1 of chapter 4, and then we'll go to, to Jonathan. Verse 1, the Bible says in chapter 4 of Romans, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? And so I love this. This is a, indeed a case study. He goes to Abraham. He was mm -hmm. the first Jew. He was the first of the first. And if, if this is how he did it, then mm -hmm. this, was, this should be the way that the rest of us should kind of do it. Mm -hmm. He's the original dude. Uh, verse uh, 2, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, mm -hmm. not, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And that's really the kind of what, he's, what, what Paul is going to ride on for us mm -hmm. in this chapter. Uh, he's doing a Bible study from the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. yep. Abraham believed God, and boom. And this kind of, talk, this kind of connects with what we talked about in the last, last episode. Mm -hmm. You don't feel it. You don't see it. You just believe it. Mm -hmm. And then boom, it happens. And there's, that's kind of weird. Uh, on a certain <laughs> level, and we yeah. have right. to acknowledge that. Right. Uh, and then Abraham, what did he do? He laughed, yeah? Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, well, John. Well, <coughs> well, kind of t taking taking it from that story, it's it's beautiful. Um, we have to remember the story. What Paul is referring to here is like Abraham was, you know, seventy-five years old. God mm -hmm. promised him, "You're going to have a son." Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, <laughs> "Sure," <laughs> you know. <laughs> we're old, and then he tries, and you know, it, it's it's not working, or it's taking time. Yeah. In the end, he's a hundred years old when he has his son. A hundred mm -hmm. years old. So uh, Abraham believes God. It, that's easily said, but put yourself into his position. How hard would that be to, to mm -hmm. trust God with something like this? But that is the beauty of it. You trust mm -hmm. God, and that is a righteousness is accounted to you. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's almost like God was waiting for the inability and just for yeah. age to yes. to, croak, uh, to 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 come in. Yep. Uh, but if you actually look at the story in the Old Testament. Abraham has children after Isaac. Uh, mm -hmm. He has a third wife, Keturah, and he continues to have children. So what's the Bible saying here? Uh, this should be a little bit uh, curious for those of you guys who know the Abrahamic story. We'll look at it when we come back after this. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. Jonathan was saying that Abraham was 75 years old when he got the promise, and then 100 years old when he actually had the child, uh, the miracle child of Isaac. If you look at the Abrahamic narrative, uh, after Sarah dies, he marries a third woman, Keturah, and has a lot more children. And, you know, men, they, they keep on going. Uh, <laughs> men are women, you know, and, and it's very interesting. If you go to verse 19, I'm not just bab babbling here. The Bible actually talks about it. Verse 19, um, let's go to verse 18 to pick up. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. You have two parties here. You need two parties to make a baby. And for sure, mm -hmm. uh, and in the original Greek says this, that Sarah's womb was dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After 75, and I don't know how old she was. Do you know how old she was? <laughs> when you got a time to get a baby? 90, I think. 90. Um, yeah, and for sure, that is dead, yeah. right? Yeah, dead womb. Um, but here, the, um, the, the Greek actually reflects that, that uh, Abraham's body, he considered his body to be uh, dead, mm -hmm. uh, not the way it was translated, in, at least in English. So mm -hmm. two parties here, one for sure dead, one thinking he was, his in, in, his was in, in able. But through the miracle of God, uh, the, the child was born. And in verse 20, it says, He did not waver at the promise of God. Yes. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think this is a describer of faith mm -hmm. that I may not feel justified, mm -hmm. but I must, mm -hmm. I must know that yes. I'm justified mm -hmm. simply yes. because I have a relationship with God. He told me, and I'm going to take that promise to the bank. And I can't waver in that. Mm -hmm. And you know that you're, you're hitting on something that, that leads to the existential struggle mm -hmm. of that reality, right? Because the language that Paul is using in verse 3 where he says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted, right, is a legal term. Yes. So this sort of judicial sense of either you're justified or you're condemned. And so to be in a court of law knowing you're fully guilty, knowing you did it, knowing that you've suffered the effects and everybody knows that you're guilty, mm -hmm. and then to be in court and say, He's innocent because of what this other person did. Mm -hmm. In his place, 
you walk out of there justified in reality, but in your experience, you may not feel that justification, Mm -hmm. right? And that goes back to what you're saying is that I got to believe it. Like, listen, Mm -hmm. go back to the courtroom, Mm -hmm. look at the document that they're handing to you. You are justified. You are free. Mm -hmm. And that's where to me coming back to the word of God, when Paul says in verse three, for what does the scripture say? Like to me, that's that's just a powerful, you know, question to always sit and ask ourselves when we're grappling with that existential problem. Kelly, just building on to that, going back to verse 21. So after where you were reading and being fully convinced, so talking about Abraham, that what he God had promised, Mm -hmm. he was also able to perform. Mm -hmm. And all that convincing, all of that confidence is just God focused, Mm. not fully convinced that my body will heal, not fully convinced that this will work out in a way that makes sense to me. Just like God promised it. I'm fully convinced that he is able to do anything he says he can. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's, again, that's just where our confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. So let's take all this. And and we've talked a lot about court stuff and a lot about like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of. Uh-huh. And um, let's, let's bring that, bring it real. Okay, let's bring it down and let's take this, you know, uh, let's say it's, you know, August 14th, it's a Tuesday and you're hanging out and you got this thing going on in your life. Like, how do we take these principles and yes. then how do we mash it into normal people's everyday life? John? Yeah. So it's, as you said, it's very easy to like, get caught up in all the, the lingo and be like, I don't know what's going on. Salvation is so complex, I don't understand. But it's really, really, really simple. Paul just likes complexity. <laughs> so I'm using big words. But what is it? Okay. What is it saying? Romans 4, uh, verse, uh, verse 9. It says, verse nine. Faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. What does that mean? Abraham believed and it was counted him to, for righteousness. It reminds me of a story in the, in, in the Gospels. If I can quickly go there in yes. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And there verse 6. Five Jesus verse six. meets uh, a, a man who has been ill for decades. 38 years. Um, that's right, 38 years. And Jesus sa- sees him lying there. You know, he has been in that condition for a long time. And it says here, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Mm. Jesus is simply asking a question. Do you want to be made well? Right? This man has been sick for a long time. And his answer is, you know, at first, like, I have no man who can help me. You know, this, this whole situation with this pool. And then Jesus says, rise, take up your bed and walk. Mm. And now that man had a decision to make. Do I believe that this man who offers me that he can make me well, that his words alone will accomplish that? Mm-hmm. In this story, he believed and immediately he was made well. Mm-hmm. The same with Abraham. The principle is this, when it comes down to, the, to, to this life, our lives, where we are right now, is do we believe God? Do I believe that what he promised, salvation, mm-hmm. justification, is real for me? Mm-hmm. When you say, yes, I believe, it becomes real because it's the word of God. It's his promise. He keeps his promise. Mm-hmm. And so in my everyday life, when I'm struggling with sin or struggling with challenges in my life, I can trust that every promise, every command in the Bible is a promise as well. Mm-hmm. And that when God says something, it is so. So it, th- that's, that's all we need to know. This principle, Abraham learned this principle, and that's why righteousness was accounted to him. So mm-hmm. this is something that we can, on an everyday basis, mm-hmm. it really comes down to relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Do I trust this being who mm-hmm. claims to be who he is? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful that's application. Beautiful. And I love the story of John 5 and appreciate it because here you see instantaneous mm-hmm. effect here. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Abraham, it ain't, it ain't instantaneous. Yes. It was like 25 years, and but still the same power of God, yes. still the same motif, still the same thing going on. And I think that's the critical point I wanted to go was in that contrast to what Jonathan is saying mm-hmm. is there are struggles 
in my life and in other people's lives that don't go away right away, mm-hmm. right? We believe that God is able, and I think that's where the laughter comes in, mm-hmm. is you and I have to identify that weakness that has stuck with us for so long mm-hmm. that we're just like, I just don't see myself getting over this bad habit. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself learning to speak this way. I don't see myself giving up this sinful issue. It just seems to come back and cycle around mm-hmm. like I'm circling in the wilderness. And I think people get discouraged by that and that's why I think the, the other component there with the man there for 38 years, it took 38 years for Jesus to get there, mm-hmm. right? And then you come to Abraham, it's 25 years, and we've tried the Hagar thing. We've tried other ways to solve our own sinful problems in our lives. And I think Abraham is letting us know, like, do not stagger yes. because it seems like you're getting worse and not better. Do not stagger at the promise that God is going to make you righteous. Mm-hmm. Not just count you, but make you righteous. Right. Mm-hmm. He's going to perform that as long as you continue to trust him and believe him. Not because you see it in yourself, not because everything else is so convincing and rosy, but simply because he promised. I like that word stagger. And I think there's a lot of meaning associated with that. Uh, in verse chapter 4 of 20, back to Romans, mm-hmm. uh, he uses the word waver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but for, I, I think of a, of a dude who's in boxing, you know, yeah. and, and this is not a very good sport. You should not watch it, but if you're familiar <laughs> with it. 100%. Uh, and, 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 you know, if someone gets punched, and you, you kind of see for, like, about a second. You see, you're like, oh. you know, like, you know, recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> does not compute. Just this guy doesn't know what. And yeah. you see him kind of like, you know, staggering. He doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't, he doesn't know where his feet is at. And he needs a little bit of time to find his bearings. And yes. he comes with it. And then the Bible says that this guy, did, um, Abraham, had none of that. Right. So what, it, it, it's it's when it, and people are going to ask, right? You know, how do I? Okay, does it mean just believe? I believe that God exists. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about no. in this book at all, mm-hmm. right? Here and then, so Jesus says, "Hey, get up and walk." I can't get up and walk. Right. Hey, have a kid. I can't have a kid. I'm 75 or 100 years old or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I can't. Mm-hmm. But and so these people are staggering. But here, Abraham staggers not, wavers not, and he just he acts. As if it were true, yeah. because it was true. Because it is a right. promise from the because word. Because it's a promise. Yeah. He's taking it to the bank. That 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 audacity, that 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 boldness, that yeah. confidence. that confidence. Yes. That's faith. Yeah. And what's important is that the principles that Paul is referring to, and he's quoting from Old Testament that you know this was counted for righteousness. It wasn't just that one act. Abraham had learned to walk with God, mm-hmm. and he sure, had fallen. Sure. It, sure. It's interesting that sure. he says here, oh, you know, he did, not, he did not waver. Yes, he did. We know the story with Hagar. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the point is, as you walk with God, all that is forgotten. Mm-hmm. You, you're justified as if not, none of that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same with, you know, David. He fell into sin and did mm-hmm. some terrible things, and yet God calls him, a, you know, my friend and mm-hmm. uh, my beloved. So what is so beautiful is that Abraham... You know, he was called out of out of Ur in you know in Chaldea, and he was he was called. He had faith experiences before it grew. So as we learn to trust, and even if we fall, we continue to trust. God will take us mm. into, and develop in us a faith that becomes stronger and stronger. You, we know the story of Abraham. You know, he was supposed to kill Isaac. That is an incredible test of faith. But his faith was strong because God had developed it over this whole time. Mm-hmm. But Abraham's part was to believe. And to let that belief co- go into action as he moved forward. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, let me let me play the advocate there, uh, Jonathan. Does does the development of faith require time? Mm. Is it just for old people to have strong faith? <laughs> can can people not have uh, strong faith when they're younger? I think it's both. I mean, it, it's possible to have. You know, God. The Bible tells us that God gives us a measure of faith. Yeah. 
And it doesn't really matter if you have strong or weak faith. It's just, do, am I acting upon that faith? Mm -hmm. And that is a strong faith. If you believe it, that is as strong as it gets, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in a small thing or in Regardless a large thing. Regardless of age and yes, experience. absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay. Kelly? I was going to say, I think we grow in faith as quickly as we allow God to take us. Mm. So there, there are some people who are younger that are just surrendering more and more. And, some, and sometimes, you know, we're stubborn all of us, humanity, and so sometimes it takes longer. But you meet mm -hmm. some people, but you hear the kinds of things they've been through, you're like, you really you really gave that to Jesus, didn't so you? So they may have shorter <laughs> time, but higher rates. You may yeah. have longer time. I need to look at it mathematically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the point is, Jesus, God always wants to take us further and faster. Mm -hmm. The only limitation is us. Mm -hmm. So God's like, will you trust me in this? We're like, not yet. And God's like, okay, I'll be here. Let me know when you're ready so we can keep going um so mm. it's 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 just us and also the life of abraham does testify that yeah, very clearly exactly yes. And, and, yes. Yes, right. and consider the fact that the text says that he didn't waver but he was strengthened in faith mm. yes. so a lot of times the difficulties and the trials are how faith is exercised and therefore as it is grown mm -hmm. and so whether you're young or whether you're old you're going to go through faith testing experiences mm -hmm. that based on how you respond can strengthen your faith mm -hmm. and so it's, it's not only an issue of the time, but it's also a response mm. to the circumstances that God allows and says, okay, like Callie just described, like I'm going to send this situation, I'm going to allow this to happen. Mm -hmm. And now as we're responding to that in faith, oh, my faith grows. Mm -hmm. And each of that, just like a muscle, right, as you exercise it, you're going to get stronger, but it takes resistance. Mm -hmm. You've got to be in a situation where you're tempted not to believe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kelly? Yeah, I... I think we just sometimes, yeah, we think of faith as just something so abstract. Um, but, and totally. It, and it can, it, can, it can also sound cliche what I'm about to say, but one of the best ways to strengthen your faith is to know what the promises are that you can claim to God. Yes. So that's, that's really immersing yourself in Scripture. Because faith is not some emotional, abstract thing. You just kind of feel faith is something you're like, I see this, I choose to believe it, and I choose to live that way. Mm -hmm. But that requires the basis of Scripture, the basis of those promises. Mm -hmm. So that's a key, a key way to grow your faith is to obsess yourself with Scripture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like any other relationship. And yeah. I know that also sounds cliche. But, but it's if, still true. But if Callie <laughs> says, hey, uh, <laughs> let's let's go hang out, and I'll be there at 5 o'clock, and then I'll go show up, and she's there at 5 o'clock. I know I can trust her. Next time she's right. going to she's, she's keep her time. right? right? Yes. <laughs> and it's just, this is the way that faith works. And my natural inclination after this conversation is, I want more faith. Amen. I yeah. don't want to be the limiting factor. Hopefully that's your guys' prayer. Mm -hmm. That's my prayer. Hopefully that's your prayer after reading Romans chapter 4 to be like in the image of Abraham, who is an image of Jesus. God bless you. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.